Today on Truths That Transform. 2,000 years ago, Jesus declared, I am the light of the world. This season that we're particularly in is called Advent. To paraphrase C.S. Lewis, if Jesus had never been born, it would be always winter, but never Christmas. Welcome to Truths That Transform, a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries. Make sure to connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube by just searching there for D. James Kennedy Ministries. And also visit us on the web at djkm.org for a wealth of programs, interviews, features, and resources. In recent decades, a new breed of atheists have stepped up its attacks on religion in general and Christianity in particular. The late Christopher Hitchens wrote a best-selling book he titled, God is Not Great, How Religion Poisons Everything. Entertainment media portrays Christianity as repressive and backwards, and network documentaries see nothing in Christianity besides the Crusades and the Salem Witch Trials. But the only reason such attacks gain traction is because they prey upon historical ignorance. In the Christmas season, The world stops to celebrate the arrival of Jesus Christ into our world. But while many have lost track of the reason for the season, the fact remains that Jesus Christ and the movement he spawned has been the greatest force for good the world has ever known. On today's program, we look at the arrival of the one whose coming divided time itself. And we begin with a preview of D. James Kennedy Ministries' brand new documentary program, which raises a provocative question, what if Jesus had never been born? I condemn Christianity. The Christian church has left nothing untouched by its depravity. It has turned every value into worthlessness and every truth into a lie, and every integrity into baseness of soul. Friedrich Nietzsche. Critics of Christianity have long sought to demonize the teachings of Jesus Christ and the actions of his followers. But if one were to survey history, one would get only a glimpse of the impact of the humble carpenter from Nazareth. Jesus Christ is the greatest influencer in the whole world, and his impact continues to this very day. He is the centerpiece of human history and all truth He is, as Paul says to the Colossians, he is the treasure of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Jesus, indeed, is the dividing line of history. When Christ was born, the calendar was split A.D. and B.C. It's before Christ and after Christ. The birth of Jesus not only divided recorded history, but his life and teachings have remained an unequaled force throughout the centuries. Christianity's uh, lasting and enduring influence uh, globally uh, is really something quite unique and powerful, particularly when one bears in mind the extent to which Christian faith has been so globally embraced across cultures and across continents. 
Jesus and his movement, what we call the church, have impacted society around the world enormously. In fact, it would be awfully hard to tally up the impact. It's so great. Anywhere Jesus and his message go, longevity increases, the economy improves, the standard of living improves, the level of education improves. Slavery brought to an end. People's equality, human rights promoted. What does that say? To me, that's quite an endorsement for the truthfulness because it's effective. There's almost no area of culture that hasn't been touched by Christianity. His coming has been profound on planet Earth. I'm not sure I'd want to live in a world in which Christian influence wasn't known. As the history of mankind continues to unfold, Jesus remains an undeniable positive factor in the human experience. This naturally leads us to the question, what if Jesus had never been born? You know, the idea of what if Jesus had never been born is a fascinating one. And I like to refer to that as the counterfactual world. And to tell you the truth, it's a kind of a frightening thought. I think it would be very difficult uh, for any of us to imagine and fully comprehend the fundamental truth of what a different world we'd be living in. And had the bulk of people remained pagan, the, the world it would be one in which it would be difficult for decent people to survive. Horrors beyond belief and acts of barbarism beyond imagination would be let loose in frightening ways. We would be living in a world of magic and mysticism and sorcery and witchcraft and superstitions. We would think of human beings as animals, as beasts. In many ways, society would be in utter shambles. Our lives individually would be dismal as well, living in sin and corruption and selfishness. If Jesus had never been born, this would be a world without hope. There would be no redemption. There would be no redemptive quality. There would be no outward goodness in anybody whatsoever. And in all likelihood, notions such as mercy, grace, forgiveness, and love for those beyond the borders of our own tribe would be extremely rare. If Jesus had never been born, there would have been no Western civilization with all that it's meant in terms of human dignity and charity and education and justice and reforms. It would be a dismal world. If you think of all of the literature, the art, the, the lawlessness that we would have without the, the scriptures, um, the transformed lives. All of these depend on that birth, that life, that teaching, that death, that resurrection. John, in the first chapter of the Gospel of John, he says that the law came through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus. To paraphrase C.S. Lewis, if Jesus had never been born, it would be always winter, but never Christmas. Despite the contributions of Jesus Christ to the world, many critics focus on a dark time in history and ask, what about the Crusades or the Inquisitions? I think both the Crusades and the Inquisition are a black mark on the church. 
absolutely without any equivocation. There was uh, cruelty and barbarity on both sides. No one has ever claimed that the church is perfect or that Christians are perfect. Um, mistakes have been made uh, and will continue to be made. I always like to think of it this way. When the Crusaders were doing their thing, or the Inquisition leaders, or the Salem witchcraft friends, were they acting that way because of Christianity, because of Jesus, or despite Christianity, despite Jesus? Jesus said, treat others as you would have them treat you. No one can learn from Jesus that religion should be spread with the sword. No one can learn from apostles that religion should be spread by force. So the Inquisition and Crusades, ghastly, terribly wrong, sinful, denial of everything we believe. And we must confess them and make sure that it never happens again. Without Jesus Christ's great influence on the development of our society, we see it would be vastly different. But there is a greater impact we must also consider regarding the life of Jesus. Jesus Christ was God walking around in sandals. He was God in human flesh. And he showed it and demonstrated it. So what was Jesus' mission? What did he come to do? He came to reconnect us to the living God, to reconnect us to himself, to make our lives whole, to put us in the position to live out our lives in such a way that God originally created us to live. So Jesus is the light of the world who who helps us see the sinfulness of a rebellious human uh, civilization. On the day of his crucifixion, the veil of the temple was torn. That to me was like a symbol of the barrier between human life and eternal life was destroyed once and for all. He alone can save people eternally from the judgment that is coming on the world, period. In John 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the only way to the Father. And the message of the gospel is the only good news by which man can be saved. God sent his Son from heaven to die on a cross for your sins. And what was happening there at the cross, I mean, Paul in, in Galatians says that Jesus was taking our curse, the curse of the law, for us. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Galatians 3, verse 13. He laid aside his glory and his splendor to come and die on a cross in order to say, I identify with you. I am not impossible to know. Come and know me. You've just seen a short portion of our brand new documentary program, What If Jesus Had Never Been Born? We will be featuring previews of it here on Truths That Transform over the next few weeks. And stay tuned to find out later in this program how you can get the entire documentary on DVD. The wonder of Christmas is that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came into the world to save people like you and me. That's what the church is all about. That's what this ministry is all about. And proclaiming that has been my own calling in life as well. In this Christmas time message to my congregation at Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church in Fort Lauderdale, 
we look at how Jesus, the light of the world, was sent as God's plan for you from the foundations of the world. 2,000 years ago, Jesus declared, I am the light of the world. This season that we're particularly in is called Advent. It is a season where we remember that the people of God were longing, expecting, anticipating this light coming into the world. As I've mentioned on numerous occasions, we are people that live in between two Advents. We're not anticipating the arrival of Jesus coming into the world the first time, but we are awaiting when Jesus will return, this time in glory, to make the crooked straight, to right all wrongs, to bring light once again, once and for all, in the midst of the darkness, to bring hope and healing and to restore what God began at creation. We're going to look at three passages found in the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah was written 700 years before Jesus was born. No matter how broken our culture is, Jesus is coming again to complete what he started at his first advent, to be the light once and for all, so that that light may cover the world in all of its fullness, in all of its glory. Let's look and read about this light that is coming into the world. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali. And in the latter time, he made glorious the way of the sea and the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelled in the land of deep darkness, on them the light has shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you. As with joy at the harvest, they are glad when they divide the spoil for the yoke of his burden, the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor. You have broken as on the day of Midian, for every boot of the trampling warrior in battle tumult. And every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire for unto us. A child is born. To us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and the name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth. And forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And on the second Sunday of Advent, the grass continues to wither, the flower continues to fade, but no, not the word of our Lord. It stands forever. Amen. The people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. What do we learn concerning this light that comes from above? Well, the first thing we see concerning this light in Isaiah chapter 9 is the arrival. It is the arrival of light in the most shocking manner. Now, if you were to imagine light coming into the world that would transform this world and turn this world upside down, you would imagine that this light would eventually come in the first century and settle and arrive in Rome. Rome was the capital of the world. It was the center of the universe. 
or maybe more particularly for the Jewish people, maybe you would think that the light would arrive in Jerusalem. But we're told in verse 1 that the arrival of this light comes in the most shocking way. It comes to the land, in verse 1, the land of contempt, the land of Zebulun, and the land of Nephali. Why is that significant? The message of Christmas is that the light does not arrive to the upper crust of society, but the light of God arrives to the insignificant, to the unwanted. The light arrives to the least likely candidates. You might be here this morning and say, my life is rather insignificant. I often feel invisible. I've been rejected. I have been discarded. And I just don't seem like I ever measure up. The good news of Christmas is God seems to like nobodies. And that is good news for people like you and me. The light comes into the world in the most shocking way. The second thing we see in this passage is not just the arrival of this light, but we finally see the identity of the light. How will this light come? In what form? What is the nature of the light? Well, we read finally in verse 6, for unto us a child is born, a son is given. Talk about anticlimactic. A baby? A baby that can't walk? A baby that can't talk? A baby that is dependent upon mother and father? We don't have to go through the details about how a baby enters into this world. But it's not the easiest thing, right, moms? From the moment a child comes into this world, it is hard and harsh. Raising a child in this world is hard and harsh. And the good news of Christmas, that God comes in the form of a baby, is so that you would know that there is not one thing in your life that is disconnected from God. That God is never removed from your pain. God is never removed from your suffering. God is never removed from the darkness of your life and the darkness of this world. He came down in the most inglorious fashion, even as a humble, lowly baby. That is the good news of Christmas. God in the flesh. We read about the arrival of this light. We read about the identity of this light. Third and lastly, we read about the mission of this light. What's the big deal? What has this light actually come to do? Well, to understand how profound the mission of this light was that came into the world 2,000 years ago, you need to understand the nature of how bad the world was at this time. From the time of Isaiah all the way through the arrival of Jesus Christ, the world was utterly dark. Oppressive governments, corrupt regimes, abortion and infanticide rampant. Women were brutalized. Governments were corrupt and tyrannical. And it is into the darkness of that world that this light came in. And we read at the second half of verse 6 that this light has come in to establish a government that will last forever. In the midst of a corrupt government, in the, in the midst of corrupt culture, and the brokenness and darkness of this world, this light has come to make all things new. And look at the titles. This child, 
wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. These were all titles given to kings. These were titles given to warriors that would go out into battle and conquer the enemy. And don't underestimate this child. This child would eventually grow up and become this conquering warrior who would conquer sin and death on our behalf once and for all. God's promise is that he has sent his son into the world as the light in the flesh as a conquering war hero. And it is the announcement to the world, the good news that this light has come into the midst of the darkness and there is no more death, no more sin, no more dying, no more brokenness, no more darkness, no more ISIS, no more abortion, no more cancer, no more saying goodbye to loved ones prematurely. It's the end of death and dying, the end of brokenness and darkness. This is the good news. But the greatest news is that God does not do this himself, but he chooses to use you and me as the bearers of this light. You see, the same Jesus that announced that he was the light of the world is the same Jesus that says you are the light so that we have the privilege to co-labor with God, to take this light that has come into the world and spread it to the dark corners of the earth, to take it to the dark places of our culture. This Christmas, embrace the good news that God is for you because of Jesus Christ, a child born for you. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. We were once the people that walked in darkness, but the good news this morning is that we have seen a great light. Hello, I'm Jennifer Kennedy Cassidy. The unbelieving world draws a strict line between faith on one side and facts and history on the other side. Unfortunately, many Christians fall prey to the same viewpoint. They see Jesus as merely a spiritual figure who came to do spiritual things floating above the real world. But that's about as far from the truth as you can get. In reality, while Jesus does save our souls, he profoundly affected this world in the here and now. Did you know that modern science was born out of the Christian movement? Or that there would be no America without Jesus? Or that it was Christians who made education available to the masses, including women, for the first time? Most people don't know any of this. That's why you need to read my dad's eye-opening book, What If Jesus Had Never Been Born, written with Dr. Jerry Newcomb. We'll send you a copy published in a special new ministry edition as our thanks for your generous donation to help this ministry proclaim the truth about Jesus. Jesus Christ is the most influential person who has ever lived. And if he had never come, our world would be radically darker. Discover the real truth in my father's book, what if Jesus had never been born? And if you're able to give a generous donation of $100 or more, we'll send you the book plus two DVD copies of our brand new documentary by the same name, What If Jesus Had Never Been Born? Shot on location in the U.S. and Europe, 
This powerful documentary features scholars and experts who investigate the impact of Jesus Christ on the arts, modern science, education, charity, respect for human life, the elevation of women, healthcare, and many other cultural goods we take for granted. We didn't get those things from atheists who believe the universe is a big, random, cosmic accident. They came from Christians and a biblical worldview, which believed that Jesus is Lord of creation and that he's given us dominion over it. This is one of the most important projects we've ever done. So you'll want to get a DVD for yourself and one to share with others too. We'll send you the special new ministry edition of my father's book, What If Jesus Had Never Been Born, as thanks for your generous donation. And the book plus two copies of our new DVD documentary by the same name. Some very generous friends of this ministry have established a $100,000 Hope of the World Matching Challenge. They will match your donation to our ministry up to the total of $100,000, which effectively doubles your impact if you give right now. And when you do, you're partnering with us to rebut the lies of the culture with the truth of God's word. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11154, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339, or call toll-free 877-962-7677, or go online to djkm.org. A lot of people have the confused idea that Jesus came to earth to come get his people and take them off to heaven. This conception of Jesus is completely otherworldly, but it misses a major component of the New Testament's teaching. And if we're not careful, we can miss an enormous part of what makes this season so special. You see, when God created the universe, it was good. Adam and Eve brought sin into the world through their disobedience. But God's solution is not to destroy it in frustration and go make something else. Instead, he sends his son into the world to redeem it. That means that he indeed saves people from their sins through his life, death, and resurrection. And it also means that the creation matters to God. At Christmas, we're celebrating the incarnation of Jesus, his taking on flesh and arriving into the creation at a specific place and time about 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans, for the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. John's revelation describes the new heavens and the new earth to come this way. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. Jesus is Lord of heaven, but he's Lord of earth too. He's going to return and bring heaven here with him. That's why the Christian faith has had such an enormous impact in human history bringing us modern science, education, healthcare, charity, the arts, and so much more. God loves his creation, and he's going to redeem it. 
Christmas time is the celebration of the arrival in the physical flesh of the one who will bring it about. If you're in South Florida, you're always welcome to join us for worship at the Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church in Fort Lauderdale. And you can stream sermons and other great content at crpc.tv. I'm Pastor Rob Pacienza. Thank you for joining us. And here's a look at the next Truths That Transform. Science has flourished within a Christian milieu and that's not coincidental. We can trace why that happens. That's next week. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.